Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. You know, I'm at like my boyfriend's house and like the last time I podcasted in front of him, we weren't even boyfriend and girlfriend. We were just like seeing each other and he just showed up at my house. Well, we planned to meet and he just walked in and it was the most awkward podcast episode ever. And I have a feeling that he can hear me and it's like, how the fuck am I going to stay authentic? Because with him, I tried that to be like... That drives me insane. No, yeah, no, it's terrible. And with him, I tried to be like the sweet version of Deanna, which not many people get to see. He's going to see a whole different side to me today it's gonna to be quite interesting okay <laughs> you should leave that in that's funny i probably will leave it in i always kind of start with like a nice breaker sometimes i keep it in sometimes i don't it gets a bit too private um this podcast episode was brought to you by how to ruin your relationship <laughs> so today i'm in my boyfriend's house i hate people who say my boyfriend but like at the same time it's such a big part of your life so you kind of have to be that annoying person sometimes if you want to actually be authentic on your show and you know he doesn't really listen to me in my podcast and i try to be nice to him most of the time and i feel like the relationship's about to take a little bit of a twist I have Jacques Peterson today on the podcast from Unpopular. Did I say your name the right way? Because I tend to butcher people's names all the fucking time. Uh, yes, you actually did get it right. Also, congratulations on having a boyfriend because I'm like <laughs> single and desperate over here. So we love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Can we just talk about the fact that this is my first Australian guest on the podcast? And I have so many opinions on Australians having never been to Australia and not knowing what the fuck it's like to live there. <laughs> I thought that you would have had an Australian on by now because weren't you a big fan of Married at First Sight Australia? Yeah, so I am a big fan and I did speak to Cyrell's management and they were like, she's not interested in doing podcasts anymore because she's got baby now and like she's over that <sighs> life. And I was like, you know what? I can't be asked. Okay, well, we hate Cyrell over here. I'm actually good friends with Jess Power. Um, I, I, okay, I hate Jess Power as well. But like, why do people hate no, Cyrell in Australia? Okay, okay, no, people. Okay, so I'm friends with a lot of people from that season. I'm good friends with um, Crazy Mel as well that was with Dino. And the, the, the reality of that show is like the, the people that came off bad on that show are actually really nice in real life. And the people that got really good edits are like horrible, like Cyril's a nutcase. I'm even scared to say that because she's terrifying. Um, <laughs> and Jess Power is like the nicest person ever. She's like awesome. Uh, I have interviewed Innes before. Love Innes. She's yes. like iconic. Um, all of the all the villains are like great. <laughs> I have to say, Ines is a fucking arsehole. I don't understand how this like monster of a human could like be remotely nice or good. She's actually really nice in real life. It's so funny. And yeah, but a there's, lot a of the there's a difference between being nice on an interview because you're media savvy and being a fucking nice person. She's not media savvy at all. Like She actually hates <sighs> the media and she really doesn't do that many interviews. And then I begged her and chased her down for so long to get her to talk to me. A lot of the stuff she did on that season, although it doesn't come across watching it, was like kind of tongue in cheek. Producers were like, oh, you should say this. She was taking the piss. And then when it comes out on the show, it looks like horrific. Like she looks like the most evil person you've ever seen. But a lot of it was just like a snarky sense of humor that 
didn't translate properly. Yeah, I think it's also the delivery, like the straight face, the very <laughs> quiet voice saying all these horrible things. Like, you know, there's a difference between like saying, a, like telling a sarcastic joke with like a little bit of like a side eye and then just saying it dead on to camera, straight face. And like, you know, reality TV viewers are not that smart. They're actually kind of dumb. So like, a lot of, well, I think they're getting savvier now. And yeah, look, there's just so many secrets from behind the scenes of, of that season. But like Jess Power is literally like one of the nicest fucking people. Like you would be shocked. I'll get her on this podcast if you want. I'll tell her to come on. Oh my gosh, please do. You can do and Jess Power. Like, and you'll see how, and you'll be like, what the fuck? How are you so nice? Like you'll love her. No, <laughs> I need to get to the bottom and I would actually love that. But wait, rewind. I always like have so many, I have like an overflow of thoughts when I start a podcast episode and I don't know how to narrow it down. I have so many just preconceptions about Australians and I kind of want to get to the bottom. Okay, are they shady ones? No. So my like idea of Australian, an Australian person is like, everyone's super nice, super friendly. Everyone's like a surfer dude and lives in this like perfect world of like, niceness and friendliness and like that obviously bugs me because I don't like overly friendly people tell me if I'm wrong I don't know why I have this opinion about Australian people um they're not that nice but they're also not as sassy as me they're kind of just I don't know they uh, I don't know like I like Australia like when people insult Australia I get really offended because I'll be like Australia's fucking amazing you know it's like better than America like half of your population's you know obese and in jail like who wouldn't <laughs> want to be in Australia like I'll get really defensive but then when I think about Australians like here and I'm like ugh um No but this is that- my opinion is that everything's perfect and everyone's healthy and everyone's nice and it, I just have this like ideal which bugs me out of jealousy mostly that's my opinion my uh, what I find is I find like English people and then also like Irish and everything we get a lot of the backpackers over here which I guess it goes both ways right because you get a lot of Australian backpackers in there I always find like the backpackers and the people that come over are like very nice but you probably feel like the Australian backpackers are nicer than English people yeah I always feel like Australians are so nice I'm like what the why the fuck are you so nice to me like (laughs) Give me something like I need personality, you know, and I'm sure that you have this opinion of English people like yellow teeth, disgusting, smells of beer, smells of cigarette. <laughs> Meanwhile. Uh, yeah, you look perfect. You're know, like the I, most I perfect looking. <laughs> no, I'm no, but I don't have yellow. I'm just getting my teeth whitened and like I'm going through I the can whitening. See. You've yeah. got the whole, you look like an Instagram model, but which you kind of are, but like, I'm not. In the good, no, you are, but in a good way because you're no, not no, like no, the no, fake no. Instagram model. You're like, what do you mean Instagram natural. model? What have I modeled on Instagram? Well, I don't know. You've got a you've got an Instagram account with a blue tick and a lot of followers. So in, in my and you're attractive. So in my mind, that's like Instagram model. That's very <laughs> sweet of you. But can I tell you something? Since I'm not on TV anymore and I'm not in LA anymore, my engagement is so low. I may as well have no fucking followers. And I don't give a shit. Like it doesn't affect me. I still post on Instagram as if like three thousand people were liking my photos. And it's like no, it's only my friends, which I I'm happy about. Like I don't give a shit. Um, I think Instagram is all bullshit anyway so you know i'm just happy to just enjoy it 
I have the lowest Twitter ink. Like I have about 7,000 followers on Twitter and a blue tick and I have the worst engagement because I've literally been on Twitter for like 12 years, like pretty much <laughs> since it started. And I've had all these like different like personas on Twitter over the years. I used to be like a music blogger. Then I was like really into K-pop. Then I'd tweet about like politics for a long time. And now I tweet about like housewives a lot. And it's like, so I've had all these different, so I'll get like some, I'll get new followers from my new persona and then I'll like switch to something else. And the engagement is so shitty and I always notice that I'm always like I wish I just had like 500 followers of people that like give a shit instead of like thousands that like just don't care yeah 100% but that's what happens with social media and I'm kind of the same as you where like I'm just so fucking all over the place like my mood changes all the time like one day I want to like post about beauty one day I just want to bitch about every single housewife that's ever been on television and this is the worst thing you can be for social media engagement, but it's also the best thing you can be as a podcaster. In my mind, I'd rather choose the podcast and, you know, roll with it and whatever. Who cares about social media engagement? You're never going to own your Instagram account. They fucking own it. You're never going to own your Twitter account. I, honestly, who gives a shit? So two things, people with high engagement and that do really well on social media are very calculated because you do have to be like one thing. You can't really very be niche. that multi. You can't be that multidimensional. So they go, this is my brand and what I'm about. And I'm only going to talk about this. So they're already like holding back their opinion on XYZ because they're only doing one specific type of content. And two, I love the freedom of a podcast because I feel like I can express myself so much more as opposed to like, I'm a Twitter addict, but there's so much that I can't even say on Twitter now because it's like, oh, the trolls will come. Someone will take the it out. Twitter of is the cancel platform. Yeah. it's If you want to get cancelled down the line, just be on Twitter. Oh, I've, I mean, the amount of times I've been, I actually almost got attacked by K-pop stands the other day. I don't even tweet about, even though I love K-pop, I don't even tweet about it that much anymore because you can't say anything even remotely negative from the fans. I said one thing about a girl group, right? Like I was at work, I just responded to someone else's tweet. I'm like, oh, this song sounds like it's, you know, a reject of whatever. I went to the kitchen to get a drink. I shit you not. I came back, looked at my Twitter feed. There were already like 60 quote tweets and I don't know how many in the mentions. And I just straight away, I went private, deleted the tweets, started blocking, uh, took uh, my website and my podcast out of my bio and then like waited for like an hour to look like it went away. Because oh now gosh. I, because I've had the, I've been trolled on Twitter many times before. So now I know it's like, you can't even entertain it. Like as soon as you see the horde coming, like it's not worth it. You just go private, block, delete, like, and just you just got to like shut it out. Before we get into like 3000 different tangents, because very easy to do with you, you have so much to say. Let's get into tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. My tip of the week, I have to get it up in my notes because now I'm such a professional that I make <laughs> notes about every specific tip of the week, which is very unlike Deanna because Deanna is not fucking organized. Let me tell you, I discovered this device that is called the Sphinx All-in-One Portable Razor because let me tell you something, I'm Jewish, okay? So I'm still somewhat traditional and I'm still, you know, on the vibes of like, I don't want to have armpit hairs. I don't want my legs to be hairy. Like I do want to stay perfectly groomed. But at the same time, I'm not the person who's going to go to my boyfriend's house, bring my shaving cream, 
bring my razor, get all the things lined up in the shower for me to just start shaving my legs. So basically the Sphinx, I don't have, I don't have it here on me to show you, but it's, it's like a little round box that kind of looks like a bit of a disc and you can twist it around and you have all these different ends. So the first end is this like little mist, water mist. The second end, you twist it and it comes out. It's like a little solid soap. So you mist the little water mist on the soap, you know, to turn it into like a shaving cream. And then the two other ends are two separate, really good quality razors. And it comes in this little like pink round box. No one could tell what the fuck it is. And you get to do your touch-ups and your shaving all on the go without, you know, your razor being somewhere in your bag. You're reaching out for it, cutting your fingers. That's happened to me before. It wasn't super nice. I actually stained a top doing that. So I just thought that it's such a cool accessory for hot girl summer. I fucking hate hot girl summer, but it's just great to be able to stay hair-free on the go in a discreet manner okay i love that i will uh get one of those for myself next time i have to shave my balls on the go as you shave the balls tell me everything about this uh, (laughs) well you know i'm like the type that i'll keep it groomed when like i know i'm getting some action but if not it's like who cares you know no one else is seeing it so it's really just it's same with the tan i'm very pale at the moment if like i know i'm seeing someone or going on a date i'll do a tan if not i'll walk around like a ghost i don't care (laughs) right super controversial question ignorant person question let's get into it is the shaving the balls thing you know an lgbtq thing or is it like do straight guys do it as well i think everyone does it now like i think it's just where we are like it's just expected to do it but so you don't shave it like baby skin shave it's more of like a trim right um it depends so i'll usually use i i prefer like depilatory cream or whatever it's called you know we just wash it off in the shower like veet or whatever yeah so i usually use that i just find that's the easiest is that not painful um if you leave it on your balls too long it is you've got, <laughs> you've got to make sure because it all you know what it says on there it's like don't leave on longer than three minutes or whatever like you really need to st- you really need to stick to that time <laughs> right 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 got you so i think the the little soap thing in my little sphinx all-in-one portable razor is not like a shaving cream it's just more of like a a soap like a gentle soap good thing to look Lubricant. into L- l- lubricant. I don't, I didn't yes, want to use that. Lubricant. <laughs> shaving <laughs> lubricant, not the other kind. Good luck <laughs> if you're trying to use that as a lubricant. Um, Jacques, I'm really intrigued to know about your tip of the week. You gave me a preview before. Yes. Well, we were talking off air before about starting podcasts. Look, my tip of the week is that if you are starting a podcast, because there's a lot of new podcasts since the pandemic, I am one of them. I've only had my podcast for six-ish months, although I did a rebrand halfway through, so I feel like my podcast is even newer. Please make sure that you're coming into the market with a point of difference. My show's called Unpopular because I'm a contrarian. That's just me naturally. So, you know, I talk about reality TV and stuff, and I'm always siding with the person that everyone hates. I always have the most unpopular opinion on every reality show. And at least it's something different out there, not to toot my own horn, but I listen to the other podcasts in my genre. I'm like, I literally heard this same exact same opinion on like five other shows and the same style of delivering it. And oh my God, you've all got the same guests on. So if you're starting a podcast, 
please do it, but just have a think about what you can do a little differently to what everyone else is doing. Don't do a cut and And also, if you think, can I add to your tip? Sorry for cutting you off. If you think you're that different from the rest of the people, you're probably not. So (laughs) make sure you like consult friends and maybe other people in the space. Because, you know, I think I'm like brilliantly different but the truth is i'm probably fucking not you know and do you know what i mean like what you think makes you special because your parents told you you are special from birth probably just makes you fucking basic so i would consult people around you and before doing that just refrain from starting a podcast altogether No, but you know what I will add to it as well? I'll just say really be who you are authentically if you do one because it's really easy if you are going to go out there and start a podcast or whatever to feel like, oh, I have to be like this person. Oh, I have to copy that person. Like even me when I first did it a bit, I'm like, oh, well, I listen to these. So maybe I'll do my structure like that. But it's really just like just be yourself because everyone is kind of different if you just like really tap into that. But as soon as you start like trying to be exactly like everyone else, you're just going to be like fucking boring. Yes. And also don't think that the social media aspect is the end all be all because my social media does fuck all for me. I still do it for fun. And I've been a happy podcaster for the last four years of my life. So, you know, don't think, oh my gosh, I've got to start like a page that does this or that because I just find them quite honestly, quite friendly, quite boring. Like a lot of these podcast pages, like I don't even have an Instagram account for my podcast. Who the fuck cares? Oh, the fucking memes. There are so many memes and you know, what's like, they're not funny. And not, they're so bad at doing memes because it's, you know, it's funny. I, when I had Danny Pellegrino on my podcast and I asked him, I'm like, I noticed you don't do memes anymore. And he's like, cause he kind of started that meme thing and his memes yeah. are really funny. Cause he did it a few years ago when yeah. everyone wasn't doing it. And he's like, well, everyone does them now. So I don't want to. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And now I look at it and every single page is memes and they're not funny. It's like, honestly, to do a good meme, like you've got to be a funny person and not everyone's funny. So you have a bunch of unfunny people people trying to make memes and they just suck like they're not good a hundred percent actually that's my fucking hot tip of the week don't no more fucking memes that's no more memes. scrub the other and you know what i get a ton of people that tell me your instagram is not a reflection on your podcast because my instagram is very self-indulgent and my podcast talks about myself it's self-indulgent as well but i do like to talk about pop culture as you know my instagram page is more lifestyle um, focused yep. and I am happy with the way I am, even though on paper it's not the right branding strategy because I don't want to do a fucking meme. First of all, it's a waste of my time. Like it's a fucking waste of time trying to think of a funny joke. Like what could be funny today? Like I don't wake up every morning thinking, how the fuck am I going to be funny today? Let's get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and The Bachelorette. I personally want to start with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know you have so many thoughts. Um, I don't know if I'm fully up to date because we don't get the episodes at the same time as in America and London, but I just have so many fucking thoughts. What an epic fucking season. The best season I've seen in probably three, four years at least. I've actually, I've been enjoying it for, I liked the Puppygate season that everyone hated. And ever since, because I'm a big... Because I'm a big LVP hater. So watching her go Same. down, I was like, yes, finally. Like, be, like we, we've been waiting for this. So ever since then, I've really liked the show. And I'm, like I said, I always have the unpopular opinion. So all the people that they come after, I think, deserve it. So Denise deserved it. LVP deserved it. Um, I don't know who they're really coming for this season yet. Doesn't seem like anyone at this point. But like, yeah. Oh, I'm they're coming the for Sutton this year in a very yeah. subtle way because everyone's afraid of being 
cancelled, but I feel like Sutton's going to be this year's villain 100%. She's asking for it a bit because she's acting like a psycho. Like, I mean, she's off the charts, but it's good TV. I'm liking it. She's one of the only – she's she's definitely bringing the most. I feel like her and – actually, is anyone else bringing anything Crystal. Yet? Yeah, yeah, Crystal is actually. Um, and I really do like Crystal. I think she's actually a really good uh, addition. And I love her style because I'm so sick of the tacky, overdressed, like Chanel logos and everything. I ran about this all the time. So people that listen to me have heard this a million times, but I hate Dorit's style. I think it's so ugly. I think it's so artificial. I think it's so cut and paste. I think it's so contrived. It's like a stylist has like engineered it and they just put it onto her. She has no swag to pull it off. It's just hate it so it's a hundred percent but you can tell that despite the tackiness she does have taste she just puts it to very bad use i don't i don't know if she has taste you know you remember when she came on the show she did not dress like this whatsoever she copied erica jane because erica jane started all that and people can say what they want to say about erica jane but she did glam squads first she did the overstyling thing that was obviously how she lived her life she lived a very big life and as you know as a pop star and everything so she did it and then I feel like everyone else is just a copycat and I don't like it yeah no I I agree with you the extravagant styles of Beverly Hills I've kind of adapted to it so like I know that's expected so when someone comes up with like a tacky outfit that is still very tacky but the the less tacky version of tacky I'm more inclined to like it because the baseline is ridiculous fucking clown. And I've had this conversation on the podcast before. When the baseline becomes clowny, as soon as something is like a li- has a hint of taste but is less clowny, I'm it's going to get a, a more positive review from me because you know the standards are high with the level of clowny but low with the level of taste. I'm a big fan of Lisa Rinna's style because I think that she, from day to day, she doesn't overdress and I think it's quite effortless and she's happy to go kind of cash. But then when there's an event, she can like do a fun, kooky sort of look. Yeah, but so here's the thing. So here's the thing. I appreciate Lisa Rinna's approach to style, which is baseline, quite basic, wearable, and then goes really out there when she needs to. But I think she has a real serious lack of taste. I think she always <laughs> looks like a, a, a soccer mom that is, you know, driving a Range Rover to pick up the kids from the soccer That's game. The hair. It, the, the, hair. the hair just makes everything worse. I'm really sorry. And the lips. It just makes everything fucking worse. Whereas Dorit, I know that what she, the execution is tacky, but you can tell that she has an eye for aesthetic and I just wish it was put to better use. That's my real opinion. Maybe it's because she's hot. She is, yeah, she, I mean, she's younger. She's one of the younger housewives. I mean, how amazing is, like, her work? Like, if you, like, she ages backwards every season. She gets prettier (laughs) and prettier. It's incredible. I kind of feel like I'm, okay, let's talk about Kyle's nose job for a sec because I'm obsessed. Yeah, Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) She's another one. Like, she, she's maintained herself so well. Like, she looks, I love Kyle. And, you know, it took me a long time to appreciate Kyle because, because I was such a big Lisa Vanderpump hater. Like I lumped them in together and they just, and I was always on like Kim Richard's side or like Brandy's side. Together, that's so triggering. Yeah. I hate, could not, can't with them together. But What triggers you about um, Lisa Vanderpump? 
I mean, it's just the manipulate. It's so obvious too, if you go back and watch, like it's not even, and then the way that she gets, she would always get away with it because she has like this army of fans on Twitter that are just so obsessed with her. They just won't admit that she does anything shady because they didn't see it with their own two eyes. But it's like, if you know how reality TV works, and like she's clearly like pulling strings off the camera and like throwing 100%. people under the bus. And it's she just used like Vanderpump Rules as leverage for good edits too. Can you not fucking see that? Like I, I didn't have to hear about it. I know it's happening behind the scenes as well yeah and you know i think that with lisa van i don't think she was that good on the real house like i think she was very overrated i think she's very good on vanderpump rules because you just get a bit of her and it's fun and you get to see the kind of whatever the glamour and she swans in but you don't need like a whole as seen by her that overserved show she did which is all about her and it tanked and like no one watched it it's like gets under two hundred thousand viewers an episode so she's good in small doses i think very overrated yeah she's good in no doses for me um i just i want to talk about sutton for a little bit because you're saying that she's you know bringing everything that you want out of this season for me i truly believe that sutton is not cut out for reality tv do you think she's too sensitive she's way too sensitive and you know i like all the scandals that she brings to the table, but the way she deals with it, I don't want to fucking see it. I don't want to see you getting over, overly sensitive over someone telling you you're crazy. You are fucking crazy. And, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't want to see your entitled behavior trying to, to, to victimize yourself. You know what I mean? That- I thought that was a bad look. And you know what? It's it's really funny, right? Because I'm very, like, politically incorrect. And a lot of these scandals that they're having, like, you know, there's sort of what woke or whatever we want to call it, issues that they're having on the housewives. Sometimes I'm pushing back. I'm going, no, that's not it. But in that in the Sutton and Crystal case, I really was on Crystal's side. I thought that, uh, to use a term from that they just used on New York, it was like white fragility, like the way that yeah. Sutton just like crumbled and just overreacted. But now it's like to everything. And I feel like Crystal and the others have actually been very patient with her, given her like manic behavior i think they've handled her really well but i do like sutton and i also have a theory i think sutton's like broke or going broke i don't think she has the money that she has at all i have like mixed feelings about Sutton. this is going to be very unpopular this is this would actually be great for your podcast (laughs) um here's the thing i've been in a situation before where i've been ignorant and i've said the wrong thing on a public platform. I can see how that may cause some anxiety when it's not your intention. And I feel like we see a very anxious Sutton who, you know, doesn't want to be seen as someone who's done something wrong and someone who's done something offensive, but she, but she did. That really fucking bugged me. The meltdown. I get stereotyped as a Southern lady because, I mean, that would that was as if so, she does. Yeah, as, as if, if she that does. Does not. That doesn't even happen, girl. No, um, I mean, like, I, I mean, it, not not in her circles. Like, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are people that get stereotyped as like Hicks or whatever unfairly. But it's not happening to Sutton. Like, she's not driving around a pickup truck. You know what I mean? Like, girl, get in in her two thousand dollar slippers. Like, <laughs> well, she. Okay, so that's a really good point about her being anxious about it and everything which is funny because I didn't think of that and it probably is contributing to anxiety it's also what I do appreciate with Sutton is even though I was wasn't team Sutton in the issue I was very team Crystal and thought Crystal handled it incredible was incredibly gracious I like that Sutton's reaction is very authentic 
I also think that Crystal got very overwhelmed on that trip because um, we saw her crying when Sutton came into her room. Remember that where she felt like, and then she sat out like half of the day. And I think that Crystal obviously having never filmed a reality show before and then just going getting away, into they're locked. deep conversations yeah, and I, getting yeah. into that, getting a drama she probably never expected to even have. And then I think it was, she just got very overwhelmed on her first. A hundred percent. I don't blame her for having a meltdown. Yeah. I'm actually very interested to see how it, her season pans out and what her personality is like. Cause I feel like we're only scratching the surface. Like she is very put together and I want to know more because there's a lot more to her. I also think that she, I thought it was interesting that she came out with um, admitting that she's been arrested before and admitting that she worked in an escort thing. And that to me was like a preemptive strike of like, I know this is going to come out, so I'm going to get in front of it so there's no story. And then the fact that she even had to think to do that, I think "Mm, maybe there's more to this story. But I really appreciated that about her. And when I saw this and I saw how she approached the whole Sutton thing to begin with, I was like, I'm ready to be a stan. Everyone is going on and on about Kathy. Is her name Kathy? Kathy, like, yeah. All this shit that she's saying. I'm like, I don't fucking care that she's mistaken <laughs> someone for someone else or that she thinks a podcast is an iPod. Like, I don't fucking care to see. It. I know it's funny. Like, okay. But like, I'm not intrigued by her. I'm just like, you're a fucking dumbass. Like, whatever. <laughs> I, I like her as, I think she's a really funny, fun side character i i do like the one-liners but i think that people are going make her full-time and i'm like no you'll literally ruin her if she's full-time like she's not full-time she's good to like throw in for the comic relief especially when we haven't had much as much drama happening so she's good for those like kooky one-liners but she's good where she is she doesn't need to be full-time that's what is making this season so good we have a perfect mix of some really serious shit that's going on which is quite nice to see and then we have Kathy with her dumb one-liners to like lighten the mood and (laughs) still make it easily digestible for the viewers because it is a very fluffy show so I think this balance there is good but I don't think that Kathy should be the center of it all I would literally lose brain cells I mean I lose brain cells watching reality tv enough as it is but I think I would become significantly dumber (laughs) if I was faced with Kathy on every single fucking episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills you know what's funny Everyone's talking about the Erica Jane stuff. You know what? I'm actually I don't care. Not, I don't give a neither shit. Neither do what? I actually don't <laughs> care that much. And I watched earlier today because everyone was going on about it, that Hulu documentary, The Housewife and The Hustler. It was so boring. Like, it was so <laughs> boring. I was like, oh, God. Like, I'm just... I'm happy to just wait for the court verdict, whatever it is, and I'm just going to go by that. Yeah. But I don't need to be following the minutiae of, like, I get the gist of it, like, enough Yeah, already. I get the gist of it, and, like, Erica Jane will always be Erica Jane. I don't care if she lives in a trailer. Like, I literally, I'm still going to love her. Like, I don't give a shit that she's getting divorced to her husband. That was, like, the most boring thing I've ever seen on Real Housewives. Sorry. I I'm, I wish her the best. I, I know she's going through a rough time, but, like, I don't care. Um, I am seeing all over social media that everyone is like, The Bachelorette is so boring. I, you know, I I can't watch this season. It's so boring. Um, Fair enough. Like, you know, I forgot her name. Katie, is that her name? Yeah, I I call her Vibrator Katie because last season she came out with the vibrator. Literally. Okay. I literally forgot her name. I did a TikTok today. I was like, I don't really know why everyone is hating on The Bachelorette. I kind of like what's her name again and I just keep forgetting her name and it was like a genuine blank as well but you know for all those years everyone is fucking complaining about the bachelorette it's uh, or the bachelor 
it's basically revolve sponsorships, Botox, fillers, boob jobs. And finally, we have this one girl who does not have a boob job. I don't know if she's had Botox, but she's not really had any work done. And she's quite authentic and girl next door vibes. And she doesn't look like a supermodel. And now everyone's complaining that she's boring. Like, I'm, I'm very confused. Like, are you ever going to be fucking happy with Batch Nation? Okay, the Bachelor has the Bachelor franchise has the worst fandom of any reality show. I attack them a lot on my podcast because they drive me insane, and all they do is like just complain about every episode. They're just in they're just mental cases. Um, and look, it's a boring show, but I don't care. Like I was watching it last night in bed actually, and. I was like, this is boring, but I don't care. I like it. I enjoy it's enjoyable. Being part, I enjoy being part of the, I don't know what it is. I enjoy being part of the Bachelor Nation and just watching it and f- seeing what they're doing and how who got the most Instagram followers. Like I like all of that shit from the Bachelor. I don't really even care if it's entertaining or boring. I actually found the the last episode was I really like that cute, the cute guy, Greg, that she's going out with. So do I. He's my favorite. (laughs) I was emotional when they talked about how they lost their dads. I was like, oh my God, this is so sad. I love him. But you know what? He's probably going to be the fucked up one that everyone hates down the line because whenever you have like a front runner in the first episodes, they become a huge disappointment. But can I just say, I don't care if Katie is the most boring motherfucker you've ever seen on TV. I just love watching the fact that, and I don't care if it's on repeat every season, every season, every season. I love understanding the the process behind this is who I would naturally be drawn to. And this is who I would pick on day one and seeing who you end up on day I don't know how many fucking days this lasts. I enjoy watching this process. I don't care how boring it is. I don't care if all of the guys on my TV screen were Quasimodo's ugly as fuck, dumb as fuck, boring as fuck. Like, I don't care. I just enjoy experiencing that process with them because that is the story of our lives. The guy that you're naturally drawn to that you think you're going to be obsessed with is probably the worst guy for you. And it's nice seeing a version of that with all different people that we have every season. I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't get over it. Yeah, I just love it. And I think the producers do such a good job of just finding new twists and crazy things to do because, you know, you end up thinking with The Bachelor, like, you know, I've seen it all, like what else can they do? And then they find some new twist to throw in of like something that you've never seen ever happen on the front and it's always amazing. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's funny. I like that um, the Christian guy that is like crying. I'm a virgin. Yeah, the the, the virgin Christian, which is, of course, they did that because she's super sex positive and all about it. So they throw in this very socially awkward, super Christian virgin who was like crying about having to even talk about his virginity. So that's like awkward I actually thought that, you know, for for plot twist purposes, they were actually going to give us, you know, a lineup of virgins just just because she's so sexy positive okay so some of the um uh, <laughs> you're fine you're fine <laughs> i love that. some of the uh the guys that they've had in there have not been as um exciting as i thought they would be but you could it's only been like two episodes i think so they're already they've got one villain that they're shaping up which is the sort of motivational speaker guy who's extremely annoying <laughs> and then they have this very tall good looking guy that katie's into and in the season preview they show the guys going he's a psychopath and like putting scary music so they're gonna do a, a heel turn on him i yeah 
I love it. I'd so I just it's such a good franchise. I compare it to shopping. Every single item that you go to shop for, you've probably owned before, you've probably seen before, you've probably worn before, but the shopping experience is still so fucking exciting. Going home to your packages, you know, opening them up, trying them on is still an enjoyable process. Have we seen it all on the Batch Nation? Yes. Does it make it less enjoyable when you watch it? No. Can you guys chill the fuck out? We have a real girl for once. Enjoy the fucking process. That's all I have to say about it. And I just got to add as well, I do, as much as they infuriate me, I enjoy the scandals around the show. Like I was quite invested in the last season with all the Rachel Kirkconnell stuff and Chris Harrison. And I actually have tabbed in my browser right now this um, in-depth thing into the behind the scenes of like how Chris Harrison was fired, like why exactly, what were the things moving behind the scenes for it, which I'm really excited to read. Like I like the drama around the show. Like I said, I like to see who's getting the most Instagram followers, who's like dating now like who do we think is going to end up in paradise you know yeah. it's it's and call me whole- basic call me basic i kind of enjoy watching caitlin and taisha as hosts you know i know you're gonna not like this you're gonna be like <laughs> so basic whatever but i enjoy them i enjoy watching them hosting because you know usually you get like you know the the, the bachelorette intimidated i'm so nervous like the process is so difficult and then you have chris harrison who's like the least relatable person on planet earth you know being like be yourself like easy coming from you motherfucker like you know yeah. but i just you know you have these two little revolve girls podcaster you know that i like actually super invested because they They've been there before. And I have to say, I quite enjoyed that. Okay. I have had very mixed feelings about it. So the Chris Harrison whole situation of that aside, which I have a lot of opinions on, but the first episode I could not, and I like Tasia and Caitlin individually, by the way, I'm actually Same. an OG Tasia. Tasia was probably my favorite I'm obsessed contestant with yeah. from her season with um, Colton season. Her and Demi were like my two favorites. So big Tasia fan. Uh, and I know Caitlin, I don't mind Caitlin as well. And uh, I thought they were very annoying on the first episode. I thought it was too much like girl Giggly boss. Girl, it yeah. was too, yeah, too much girl energy with them. Like, <laughs> like at least with Chris Harrison, it would like bring the energy down. And then they had, um, they had Caitlin and Tasia doing like comedy bits where they were like eating popcorn at the window. And I'm like, I fucking kill that me. That was I'm too like, staged. I was like, I can't handle this. But then the second episode, I actually, because they weren't doing so much hosting. They were more just accompanying Caitlin around which was fun because then it was like a support squad and I really noticed it during the uh challenge they did but they had to do the um the sex the sex stand-up comedy thing whatever it was and yeah just how Katie had the a girl on each side and it felt less it filled the room more it didn't feel so empty you know that's what I mean I I don't enjoy the stage bullshit but I did enjoy the the girl support squad and I thought that was a nice addition to the show made it a bit more modern made it a bit more relatable made it a bit more current because the Chris Harrison, you know, very hosty, traditional host vibes, I could not really enjoy anymore. So I'm kind of happy that happened. I think what they should do moving forward, I do think they need to have a set proper host that is going to do what Chris Harrison did. Like, I don't think it's, I don't like having a revolving door, but I wouldn't mind if The Bachelor and The Bachelorette did get to bring some um, coupled up people from their season or from the franchise to sort of accompany them on dates and stuff. That's a great idea. So you can have the both, you can have the best of both. You have a new host and you can have some people coming in more. I would have preferred it if Tayshia and Zach came as a couple. 
Yeah, oh, that would be good. Yeah, I would yeah. like that too. I mean, I was thinking as well. Actually, I was thinking about this this morning. See, I think about the Bachelor, <laughs> the Bachelor a lot. I was like, when you have the person bring on the friends, like Caitlin and Tasia, like they have to be in committed relationships. Because imagine if you brought one that's like single, the guys might be like, oh, I like. Imagine if Tasia's still single, the guys might be like, well, I'm into Tasia. Like, I'm not into into Katie. So that could happen too. Although the producers would probably love that. Although, if you know <laughs> the male species quite well, you would. Would also understand that when there's a challenge that's if, a good if, point. If, if she's the bachelorette and she's the one that all the guys have eyes for that's the girl they're gonna want yeah that's they're hunters <laughs> they're hunters maybe maybe different for you know the bachelor with all the girls being thirsty and just craving male attention from wherever they can get it but from a male perspective and i think you know i don't think i'm like an expert on the male species but i do think i have some understanding they're just hunters. They just they they're just in it for the for, for the win. They I, eyes on the prize. Did you ever consider applying for it when you were in LA? Fuck no. Ever. Oh really? Ever. You wouldn't do it? No. I would fuck up my revolve partnership. You know, I would say something that would get me cancelled. You know, I I think I I think I'm quite niche. I'm an acquired taste, and I just think that I would just not people would not vie with me and I know I would be going into that situation setting myself up for failure so I don't think so but you would be the bitch on The Bachelor but then you'd get on Bachelor in Paradise and then people would be like oh she's actually really funny because I would see more of you and then suddenly you'd have like 700,000 followers who would be very engaged well you know what if I was doing shit for followers I would not be posting Instagram photos with 100 likes like I just don't really care all that much I just care about the act of putting it out there I don't really care about the outcome but also um, I think that I would be best suited for a show like Summer House Oh, yeah, that would be good. So you just get to get in and kind of like party a bit and like let loose, but it's not like a full stage. Dating. Yeah, like if, 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 if I was, you know, on The Bachelor and I saw the guy and I was underwhelmed, I'd be like, get me out. Like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. And then I'd be gone yeah. the first episode. I applied for the um, the season of maths that you just watched. I almost got on that. I got to the last round of casting for that. And then I got dropped like a couple of weeks before the scheduled wedding because they were like, oh, we couldn't, we're not doing a gay couple now. We couldn't find enough like matches. I think they realized they had enough drama for that season where they were like, we don't, we don't need to add like the gay couple on top of I it. I would have loved to see that. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you, share your socials, your podcast and all the things? Yes, thank you so much for having me on, by the way. You're definitely going to come on my podcast, so we're going to work that out. You guys can find me Unpopular with Shark Peterson. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at UnpopularJP. Please follow me. Uh, I post a lot of stuff and, yeah, a lot of hot takes, a lot of contrarian opinions, um, a lot of offensive opinions. I'm just warning you ahead. So you got a little taste of it today, so that's my vibe. <laughs> we're all about it. You kind of remind me of, like, Grant's Rants, but, like, that was version <laughs> me and grant are like good friends so he's lovely that, yeah he's great <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.